92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Hope everybody had a great July 4th weekend, and then you come back to work, basically serving as a Friday, and then hopefully you get July 4th off tomorrow. Come back for a three-day week. I want this thing to just be normal, commonplace here in America. That would be fantastic. So we'll give you a great show today from 12 to 3. Not only is it going to be me on the airwaves, but it's going to be Fitty once again. Do we know for sure if you're doing six hours for a third straight weekday, Fitty, or is smoke back after wisdom tooth surgery? I'm preparing to do six. I've got no confirmation of smoke is back in the building. Mm -hmm. Haven't seen him. Haven't heard from him. But I'm prepared to co-host for the next three hours and then sit back and let Kyle host for the final three hours and I just kind of do the producer type of thing. Okay. I mean, well, this is a thing. You want to take the mic at least when you're fresh, you're hot and fresh out of the oven. Speaking of looking fresh, you trimmed up something serious, Fitty. I mean, you've done it a couple of times. Usually, I'm taken aback when you wear a polo. You're wearing a polo right now. But it's mm -hmm. North Carolina. It's a North Carolina polo. So, I'm not necessarily as surprised as I was when you wore the WFNZ polo a couple of weeks back. But you're trimmed up to the nines. I mean, it's as clean I've seen your facial hair in quite some time. Fitty, don't give me stank face. No, you I did this a month or so ago. But that's okay. <laughs> well, okay. But that's the thing. You've done it twice. Yeah. Since we've done Weston Walker and we launched mid-November. So it's been twice. That's fair, right? Yeah. Because usually Wes is the one hating on you for the neck beard, Andrew Luck style. But now you're all the way clean. It's chopped up. It looks nice. Can you give me a reason why? Is oh, it, oh, yeah. Is, is it just to look good for me? Um, I mean, if that's what you want it to be, Walker. If you're ready for our radio relationship to take that step it never took in the last four years. I'm ready. <laughs> it's always so many different years. You go with so many different timelines. All right, so let's hear it. Why did you do it? Um, well, I told you have been losing, you know, cut out in the soda, so I've lost some weight. Mm -hmm. You always lose weight in your face first. My chin's not as fat as it normally is. Okay. So I feel a lot more confident wearing, not having the neck beard to hide the double chin. Oh, so this is, so the emphasis on fit and fitty, cutting out sodas and then coming up with the new beard look. I like it. Go ahead and flaunt, man. Glow. Shine, baby. I love everything that's happening with you right now. You look great. Hopefully you sound great. It seems like you're in a lot better mood today than usual. Maybe it's just because you have a Friday. I don't know. There's nothing to complain about right now. Although I said, I guess I did talk about something before we hopped on the air. <laughs> and you said you were going to clown me. So it, it seemed like these good feelings were going to last all day. And then right before we hopped on the mic, you said, Walker, yeah, I'm going to clown you. Tell the people why you were going to roast me for no good reason, in my opinion. But you can tell the people why you were going to roast me. So in the studio, we have three televisions, right? On the far left, I have Sports Center. On the middle one is MLB Network. The far right. When I came in this morning to give Flound his breakfast was Wimbledon. My guy Djokovic was playing, so I, I stood around to watch a little bit of it. I come back to relieve Shroppy during a commercial break. I had to go to the bathroom. They're cycling on the television. Tour de France. Yeah. And I, I knew that was going on. And look, I know Jeff's, you know, he's a big cycler. He, he, he's really big in that community. And I even made a comment to him that, like, <laughs> I, I can't believe you, you turned this off for that. And he was like, well, when they want to cycle, I forget how many feet in decline it is or whatever you can talk to me 
I would argue tennis athletes are the same type of athlete that a cyclist is, if not, okay, you know, maybe even more so. All but right. then you said, and I quote, I grew up watching the Tour de France. Yeah, that's right. You can quote it if you want to. I did. Who grows up watching people bicycle? Well, look. I don't know if you heard about this guy named Lance Armstrong. Read his, he, read his uh, autobiography. But he had the country captivated in the early 2000s to mid-2000s. My dad was a huge fan. And so when I would go up there for the summers, we would watch the Tour de France and we'd pull for Lance Armstrong. Now, in hindsight, everybody was fooled by pulling for Lance Armstrong because, yes, he was also indeed doping, lying about it, and then ruining people's lives that dared to question his character. But at the time, we were all about what was the national spotlight, and it was straight up on Lance Armstrong. My favorite thing when I talk about cycling, though, if social media was around during the heyday of Lance Armstrong... We'd be going crazy, but also there was the graphic that showed the top 10 favorites to win the Tour de France in like 2003, 4, 5, whatever year it was. And after the race, once you had everybody just get busted for testing for PEDs, all of the top 10 guys were done. Every single one of them were dirty. And it's just hilarious. Because cycling was as dirty a sport that you could possibly imagine. Anybody that had a shot of winning, done. Blood doping, whatever it was, they were all dirty as hell. And it's hilarious to see that graphic. One through ten, okay, you're dirty, you're dirty, and not a clean soul in sight. That's just how it was. You know, when we look back on the history of our country on the 4th of July, like in 2,223, and we wonder, (laughs) where did it all go wrong? Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe when the country was captivated by a cyclist was the downfall of this country. You under you read the autobiography. You can see why people were tuned in to the guy that overcame cancer and became the best at his sport. Yes. Okay. But it was still just like of all the athletes in the world that we get captivated by, you know, like Shohei Otani. I feel like you're in a rare territory where it's okay to hate on this dude because he was pretty awful, <laughs> but, he but hates, also he like hates. you're you're <laughs> hating on the fact that people were rallying behind the cancer survivor to go on and be the best at what is a physically grueling sport. It's a weird territory. I don't know where to go yeah, with this. I just, you know, when I think about athletes that have captivated my, my life, uh-huh. You know, I can find just as many good inspiration stories in okay. football, basketball, baseball, soccer. Look, when you're captivated tennis. by Partolo Cologne, you can't come at me with any hate. <laughs> 704-570-9610. Gary from Texas wrote in before Lance. It was Greg LeMond. I grew up watching that. Yes, Greg LeMond, a great racer. I did know about, or cyclist, I should say. I did know about that. 980 number said, I'm not a cyclist, but I definitely watched Lance even playing or even played the Tour de France video game. See, I didn't do that. Okay. <laughs> All right, now you're off the hook. Look, to be honest with you, like 980, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming to my side over here. It sounds like it's not a very fun video game. Well, I, I guess since we're being open and honest on the, on this Monday before the fourth, mm-hmm. did you you had you had a Wii console growing up? I imagine, right? Um, actually, I played it more in college because the Wii Sports Package Deluxe, straight fire, the basketball game. That's what I grew up okay, playing. Okay, so, so yeah, so you had the yeah. sports resort one. I yeah, for sure. Yeah, and there was cycling on on that video game. Now hmm. I would cycle. Because it was now it was a great now it was a great workout, 
And, uh, <laughs> dude, I, I mean, the Wii was a great workout. I, uh, well, because you had to, you, you know, you had to yeah. move the, the, the thing, the nunchuck and the things around. Right. I, I, I was setting records. Of course you were. <laughs> what was the level? What was the difficulty set to? Oh, uh, I mean, it was as hard as you could go. And, and it was the one game that my sister and I would compete at each other in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so yeah, but I never went as far to watch or to play a cycling video game. Yeah, that it sounds like it's not very fun. Uh, this is someone that was defending the sport. That's fine. There are some video games that don't sound like they would be a lot of fun. That certainly is one of them. All right, so that's our Lance Armstrong and Tour de France talk. That's what we decided <laughs> to lead off with. I guess we have some Charlotte Hornets free agency to get to. Have a few more minutes to go in the first segment. Let's get to it. Pulling up a little bit late, but the bus drivers here. Open up the doors, Fiddy. Let's get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Often try to figure out what is the lead storyline. Fiddy, I'm going to go to you. Can you be a dynamic producer for me and a co-host? I can I'm gonna, try. I'm going to kick a question to you. What do you think is the bigger deal that happened over the weekend? Lamelo agreeing to the rookie max extension, or Miles Bridges signing signing the 7.9 million dollar qualifying offer for one year so he could become an unrestricted free agent next off season? Bigger story to you, dynamic producer. Lamelo Ball or Miles Bridges? I want to say Lamella because he signed a $260 million contract. Well, it could be up to that. Just yeah. to be clear, you're good. But if you make an all-NBA team, it could be worth up to 260 But it is still going to be over $200 million, which is a lot of money. You know, for context, I think I saw the graph that ESPN put out. Michael Jordan made $94 million in his NBA career. Different time. You know, just, just for context. But I, I think it's got to be Bridges because, remember, what were we talking about Friday about this time? That clutch had they were they wanted the Hornets to make him an unrestricted free agent to kind of figure out so we could go and to demand his own market. I guess he found out the hard way. There wasn't a whole lot of demand for Miles Bridges, no matter what Brian Windhorse reported about the Cleveland Cavaliers, the potential in and going back to his his home state of Michigan and joining the Pistons. Cause we all had come around to the to the idea that he was gonna be back in Charlotte. Did any of us think it was going to be at $7.9 million? No. The answer is no. And I had I, I agree with you, by the way, with this being the top storyline. I think both have their cases. If you just want to talk about long term, you sign the franchise's best player to a $200 million contract as someone who already has an all-star appearance under their belt at 22 years old. That is a monster story, even if we expected it. But that's just how it is. When you expect a story to happen, it loses its prowess as being the lead. That's why I agree with you. I think Miles Bridges is the bigger story. Because you're right. I was surprised about Miles Bridges coming back and signing that qualifying offer. And I had cast a wide net as far as all the different outcomes you could see with the value to whatever contract he would agree to. I had no clue if it was going to be $15 million. I thought there was a shot. It might come in a little bit less than that, but that was highly unlikely. And I thought we could get up to 25. I didn't think we'd get up to 30, but I thought we could get up to $25 million a year. I thought a team might come in and just do the poison pill thing where they just make that contract more simply to make the Hornets pay more, even if that team that boosted the value didn't really want to sign them in the first place. It's a dangerous game, but I thought all those things were possible. I didn't expect him to sign the qualifying offer. I guess if you go back 
and read that Jake Fisher report. Nada was in studio. Jake Fisher dropped that report when we were on air. Jake said that Clutch Sports, the agency that Miles Bridges abides by or is is a, a part of, they had approached the Charlotte Hornets to see if they would rescind the qualifying offer, making him an unrestricted free agent this offseason. Charlotte said no. You're basically asking us to just give up the leverage for free, which is stupid. And so, no, they did not do that. And there wasn't a team to give him enough of an offer sheet that enticed Clutch and Miles enough to them for them to sign it. And so now he's coming back to become an unrestricted free agent sooner rather than later. Yeah, very interesting. Those were the first breadcrumbs put down on that trail when Jake Fisher came with that report. But you're right, Vidi, it is pretty surprising. And now I'm not sure how long Miles Bridges will be a Charlotte Hornet. How does that make you feel? The fact that he comes back on a qualifying offer? He comes back at way less than what I think. Because we all thought, you know, maybe the minimum was maybe $15 million a year. I mean, Bobby Mark said that that was probably where he'd be comfortable paying him. But with all the money that was being paid out, mm-hmm. if he got $20 million from a value standpoint, you wouldn't have, had a, you wouldn't have argued it. So he's back on a, on a qualifying offer, $7.9 million, with a chance to, to be off the roster for good next year as a lifelong Hornet fan who has struggled with this type of scenario. How does that make you feel that he's back so cheap and he could be back for just one more year? It's a great question, Fitty. Can't wait to answer it in the next segment. It's Wes and Walker. Don't tease me. Fitty and Walker coming at you from 12 to 3 p.m. You can tell us how you feel as well. We can talk about that on the text line 704-570-9610. We'll talk more about Miles Bridges. Are they going to bring back P.J. Washington? Is Grant Williams possibly coming home? Still lots to get to. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Wesson Walker, Fitty filling in for Wes, who's going to be back with us on Wednesday. Went on a vacation, going on a cruise for a while. Wes did text us the other day. He said he met, I think, Todd Gurley on the cruise. Is that right? I believe I saw that in the group chat. Yeah, it was like one text, and then he just never he just never texted back he again. He said, what's funny is that he saw Todd Gurley on the cruise, and he said, I've got Wi-Fi for a little bit. I just wanted to tell you guys, Todd Gurley is here. And then he talked about his experience with him. And uh, I don't think he enjoyed it as much. We don't have to spread too much, but that's all we got. And then, bye. See ya. He's off going to the Bahamas or Turks and Caicos, wherever it is he's going. Yeah. Never dude, got another text. The The Three Kings group chat this weekend was pretty uh, was pretty non-existent. It was dry, no doubt. Um, kind of like my phone is on a normal basis. Oh, yeah, that's sad. I all didn't right. hear at all from you over the weekend. Likewise. And, and, I, and I left you alone all weekend. That's something that I try to do because I know like during the week, a lot of texts, a lot of tweets being sent out. So on the weekends, I try to let y'all have your weekend, especially mm-hmm. with it being a holiday and stuff like that. So and I said, you said you were pretty busy this weekend. I worked all weekend, so mm-hmm. I was pretty busy myself. I was busy in a fun aspect. I did something every single day. There were so many different things to uh, take care of. Really? Yeah. Are you saying that because you didn't get an invite? <laughs> no. Friday, one of my buddies, we had we were not able to go to our friend's baby shower. And so I'm not going to invite you. Hey, my producer's coming along. Is that okay? (laughs) Probably not. 
<laughs> so I had to do that Friday. Saturday, now this is one where maybe you'd be a little bit angrier at me. Had a July uh, 4th, even though it was July 1st, had a July 4th party on Saturday where you have a whole bunch of games and stuff like that. So that was fun. And then yesterday, another one of my friends had a cookout. So bang, bang, bang. All all three days. It was, uh, it was a pretty nice weekend. Yeah. I worked for my dad on Saturday. Did the whole electrical thing. Um, you got to pay bills. <laughs> the whole electrical thing. Sunday, you know, was at church, which you have an open invitation to every Sunday. I appreciate that. Then uh, played some Uno with the family. And, oh, and Uno. It gets cutthroat in Uno. You you put a draw four wild card on somebody, that is one where you might throw hands with a family member. So, like, we, we played to, like, whoever cracked 500 first lost or whatever, right? Well, my team, we win we win the first two hands. And I'm like, and my mom always talking mad trash. Oh, of course. Dude, grandmas, grandpas, when you get the card games out, the classics, the Uno stuff, I expect nothing else than pure trash talking. Yeah, so like we're, we're, we win the first two hands. We then lose the next three hands, and two of them we had 140 points or more we had to add up for. Ooh. Yeah, because all those, <laughs> all those draw fours, yeah. all those draw twos, like they just, they came back and they used them all and... Yeah, we we quit playing, and we we were at like at seven hundred and twenty points. They were like at three fifty. All right, what game is real cutthroat at the family reunion for everyone? Seven zero four five seven zero ninety six ten. Uno, it's a great answer. That one's fantastic. Scategories always is a little cutthroat, and really, it's because people try to make things slide that have no business sliding. Like I remember one time, the letter was E. The category on the categories list was things that jump. My sister tried to put elephant there. And when you look up mammals, elephants are among the few, maybe the only mammal that literally cannot jump. So you just try to have things slide all the time. It's a classic categories problem. Tell us how it's going. 704-570-9610. I did want to get to a few other text messages about Hornets free agency. People are happy for you, Fitty. You've lost some weight. Your jawline is a little better. Because you quit uh, drinking soda, and so now you've got your beard trimmed up. People are saying, Fitty is the show. Step off Walker. Give way to the OG King. Fitty bleeping Marlowe. That's what a 239 number wrote in. Fitty Slim, that same 239 number. People are very happy for you. So that's one That's one group of text messages we can get to. Um, the other ones are about Miles Bridges, and then we can get to some of these games that get real cutthroat at the family reunion. Some people believe that this was the best case scenario that could possibly happen with Miles. And maybe the best case, if you were a Hornets fan, was that another team would just come in, give him a lot of money that the Hornets weren't really willing to match, and then he wouldn't be a part of your team. You wouldn't have that cognitive dissonance cheering for a Miles Bridges made shot, an exciting alley-oop. But now it's still going to happen, even if he does come in at a much cheaper deal than you originally thought. So you asked me how I felt. I I feel like reasonably this was probably the best case that you could get. And it doesn't mean that I feel great about Miles Bridges playing basketball again. It doesn't. This is someone that has a 30-game suspension. He's going to miss the next 10 games this upcoming season. The reason they are formulating it as 30 games is because you do get into a different bracket of significant pay decrease. There is a harsher penalty there. So 30 games, it does matter financially to Miles. And when you talk about $7.9 million, ultimately, 
don't get arrested for felony domestic violence because it's just flat out the wrong thing to do. There doesn't need to be any incentive for you to not be arrested for something so heinous. Go look at the photos. Horrific what you saw. We don't have to assign value to not doing that by saying, oh, yo, he fumbled the bag. He fumbled the bag so badly. Yeah, okay, he did. But also there's something more serious to discuss. What I will say is that you took a pretty harsh financial penalty. He didn't get the $30 million a year that he was set to make before he was arrested the day <laughs> the day before free agency started. And then even missing a whole season, coming back, you thought maybe he would get $25 million annually. So then, financially even more so, you didn't think he'd miss all that much money. But this is a lot. Now, maybe Miles plays really well this season. And maybe an unrestricted free agency. Everybody is fighting for his services. And the Hornets end up giving him a long-term deal at something like $25 million annually. Maybe another team does that. There's not going to be an offer sheet. The Hornets don't have right-to-first refusal anymore. Just to get people a little bit of a clearer picture on what happened here. $7.9 million qualifying offer. That's what Miles Bridges agreed to. With talks stalling on a new deal, Bridges... His decision to end negotiation and stop pursuing an offer sheet or sign and trade details as a restricted free agent, it sets up the possibility that the Hornets could lose him and he could go with another team. And again, the Hornets don't have rights to first refusal. Miles Bridges, by signing this qualifying offer, does have veto power over any trade this season. So it's like Bradley Beal, where Miles Bridges gets to choose where he goes. He can waive it. But the Hornets cannot trade Miles Bridges to whoever they want to because they have the best return. Miles has to sign off on all of it. I don't know if that's something that would happen. I don't know if Miles would sign long-term here. There is still an inside track. The Hornets do have bird rights. And so just basically what bird rights are, if you don't know, the Hornets can pay Miles Bridges more and it not count against the cap. So it's a really nice tool for small market teams to be able to work with and really any team just to keep continuity, okay? Bird rights allow you to keep a guy, pay him more without that counting towards the cap. So there still is an inside track there, but it doesn't mean that you are full 100% going to keep Miles Bridges long-term. And I, I do end up thinking that this is probably the best realistic outcome. You might've wanted him to be cut. That's fine. You can want him to be cut. There's sense to be had there. But for the Hornets, not wanting to lose an asset, then I understand that the Hornets held strong, didn't give him a ton of money. The market was not calling for Miles Bridges to get a lot of money. And in the end, he signs the qualifying offer in somewhat surprising fashion. Yeah, no, because he definitely came under the threshold I think everybody here thought he was going to get. I think even around the league, that $7.9 million threshold, way below the type of money we thought he was going to get. I guess the thing is, as a Hornets fan, if he if he's back and he's and he's Miles and he's the guy we saw on the basketball court two years ago, where he led the team in scoring, an efficient three point shooter, got to the got to the rim and stuff like that, and he's a big part of the team, whether they make the play in tournament or maybe maybe they're a top six team. I mean, KB has said stated has stated this uh, multiple times this off season. If they're healthy with their roster, he thinks they're one of the six best teams in the Eastern Conference. If he's a part of that, this time next year, do you invest in him in the long term? Do you give him the contract you would have given him two years ago? Would you have given him four years close to $30 million? 
I don't know because but because he's back on a qualifying a qualifying offer next year he would enter free agency unrestricted. Then you get into a bidding war with the money you've sunk into Lamelo Ball. You're gonna have to pay Mark Williams at some point. You have to pay Brandon Miller down the road if he pans out. Do you invest in Miles Bridges to that to that extent? We'll have to wait and find out. I think that's what's going to be interesting. Is he has a chance to set himself up for another big payday again this time next year if he stays off the if he stays off stays out of trouble off the court? Do you do you decide to invest? Well, and this is the cliche, but it's true. It's a one-year prove-it deal. Yep. Any any time somebody signs a one-year deal, it's a prove-it deal. Football, basketball, whatever. I think it rings a little more true with Miles because there is a lot that he has to prove. One, on the court, because the guy hasn't played an NBA organized game in over a year, will miss 10 games. By the way, yes, 10 games is still a pretty small sample size. It's still relatively a small amount, but it's not nothing. Right. Especially when you talk about some of these awards that players can make. I don't know what miles would win. I don't know how relevant that is, but when you miss 10, the most you can play is 72. There is a 65 game minimum. You have to appear in at 20 minutes per contest in order to be eligible for some of these awards. So at that point, if you were to be eligible for some of these awards, again, highly unlikely, but if you were miles bridges could only miss seven or eight more games. Mm. And if we're talking about prove it type stuff, he was a fringe all-star two years ago. He was 100%. If we're talking about prove it type stuff, miles has to stay healthy because any amount of time is going to be tacked on to the 10 games. He's already mandated to miss. So if he gets injured and he misses, I don't know what 15, 20 games, whatever figure you want to throw out there, man, 30 games at that point, how much, would you trust him coming back? And plus he does have to prove that he can stay out of trouble off the court. Mm -hmm. I always found it a little weird to throw the on court mishaps with miles bridges against him as well to speak against his character. When he threw the mouthpiece in that play in loss to Atlanta, it hit some little girl in the crowd. He was not aiming for her. This is important to note. He was not aiming for her. He was aiming towards somebody that was heckling him. And, Decided to throw it. Still inexcusable. Don't do it. But clearly was not seeking the girl in order to hit her with his mouthpiece. And he did reach out and tried to apologize. I think we can separate character on the court, character off the court, because we're dealing with something much more serious than throwing a mouthpiece. At the same time, you're talking about a play in loss where Miles was thought of as to possibly be the vocal leader. Yep. Because you're not talking about that with Gordon. Terry Rozier, well, I think some guys in that locker room view him as a leader. There are still some example stuff, specifically defensively, that he might not be showing leadership in, which is fine. You don't have to be. But we were looking for that role, and Miles was the guy you looked to. And, man, it's going to be tough to point to him and say, okay, we're going to follow that guy. Miles Bridges, he's going to be the example we use as a full-blown leader here with the Charlotte Hornets on the court and off. That's a really tough sell. It's a really tough sell. And so now we don't even know if he's going to be here long-term. Yeah, I I think with Miles, teams are going to figure out this year, the Charlotte Hornets and every other franchise watching this season unfold. Can he stay out of trouble off the court? Does he show any remorse for what he did off the court, what he allegedly did off of the court? And on the court, 
How much do you still have it? Like, well, was he able to stay in shape? Is he going to have a better shooting season? Because if the inside the arc field goal percentage doesn't stay the same, which he was very good. Remember, it wasn't actually a great shooting season for him last year or the last year he played. So, yeah, there are still some real basketball questions to answer as well. That's what I was want to ask you, because one of the things that I think we agree on when it came to our affection for one James Borrego was that you you would admit that he could put together a good offensive scheme and put guys in the in, in a good position to be effective offensively. Yeah, I, I think offensively, I think pretty bad scientisty, which would work really well at times, and then also just be a little too galaxy brain. Imagine but, getting fired for being an offensive wizard in an offensive driven league. See, that's just see, make the rationale, baby. Well, because offensive wizard is still a little too strong, but I did like a lot of the stuff offensively that he did, and you do have to bring some defense. Regardless, <laughs> we're going off track. What was your original point? Do you think he could be the same offensive player and a team coached by Steve Clifford? Yes, I absolutely think he could be the same offensive player. My question is, will Steve Clifford get through to him on defense? Like, I need him to stop getting beat back door. He just falls asleep in team defense situations sometimes. He's very good at coming off of his guy and protecting the rim sometimes. You see the excellent blocks. That's that's real. The rim protection for him is very good, along with PJ, one of the better small ball duo rim protectors in the league. But you often see him fall asleep at the wheel. Team defense just not paying attention to his guy. I wonder if being out of that situation, also just out of sight, out of mind, not having to pay attention on that front, does that show up even more so this upcoming season? But yeah, I I think he can. Because really offensively, it's all about getting Miles Bridges in space. Mm -hmm. The dude is a bull. Like, we know how strong he is. Real physical, and yeah, some of this stuff is weird now to try to give him some of the physical attributes, talk to him about that way, and not have what's reminiscent of what happened off of the court, right? But he was really hard to handle on the court from a physical standpoint, playing out there on the wing, and so you could still try to get him downhill as much as possible, dunk on some guys, be very good at the rim, provide some shooting ability. We'll see about the jump shot if that comes back. But yeah, man, it's going to be, I don't know what to expect from him. Biggest enigma, right? I don't know what to expect from him this year. LaMelo has always gotten the best out of him. So the fact that both of those guys are going to come forward once again this season, we'll see how that duo plays out, but we'll see. It'll be interesting really with every single free agent uh, decision they have. Plus we still have a lot more to get to PJ Washington. Is he going to come back? How sad are you about Dennis Smith Jr. leaving the organization on a one-year, $2.5 million deal? He goes to Brooklyn, and could they be bringing Grant Williams home? We'll get to all of that in just a moment, but not before the first Fitty Flash of the day. Fitty. All right, Walker. Well, we talked about the contract that LaMelo Ball signed, that five-year deal that could be worth $260 million. Anthony Edwards, while we were in the segment, just signed his same deal, five-year rookie max extension. That could also be worth $260 million. Interesting that it took a little while. But at least it got done. Well, when you've got like $443 million committed in your big man, you got to make some money. If I had to ask you, when it's all said and done, who gets the most value out of their contract? Edwards or LaMelo? No homer here. Yeah, no, I got you. 
I think Edwards has the better trajectory right now. It's kind of switched because the rookie year, LaMelo won rookie of the year. He mm-hmm. looked fantastic. Anthony Edwards came on really strong, seems to have the right attitude there. But also, I feel like they need to figure out whose team it is because it's pretty clear. it pretty clearly should be Anthony Edwards. But I don't know what they're going to do with Carl Anthony Towns. But he's one of the next stars I feel like could be traded. I feel like that's very possible, and we'll see where he goes. You know, in defense of Anthony Edwards, it's hard to be the leader of the team when you play with a guy who, quote, changed the game in Carl Anthony Towns. That's going to be a regular Dirk Nowitzki, Carl Anthony Towns, if you listen to him on podcasts. That guy thinks a lot of himself. He does. He's a great shooter. That's the problem. You can't give him credit when you go too far off the deep end by saying you changed the game. My thing with him is if you ever look up the image of him trying to back down DeMarcus Cousins, I think I think DeMarcus was in, still in Sacramento. He may have been in L.A. or mm-hmm. going to say at this point. Like, Cousins just has his gut out. Like, he's just gutting him. Mm-hmm. And Carlton Towns <laughs> has this little whiny face because he can't move him. I'm like, that's a max player who changed the game. That's what you think of? Every time. Look it up during the break, and I think you'll have the same feeling as me. All right, we'll also get to some of the more cutthroat games at the family reunion. That's still to come. Also, the visit to the mound, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Josh Fitty Marlowe filling in for Wes. I just did the whole intro, by the way, without turning my mic on. And it took a little bit longer. Usually I'll catch it and then immediately turn on the mic. But I went a solid five seconds thinking I was on the phone and then really somebody hung up on me. Well, That's basically what it was. You know, look, if you want me to start controlling your microphone, just let me know. No, I still want to control it because that's the worst thing that happens is every once in a while. That's the longest I've ever gone with an <laughs> intro without being on air. Usually I'll con- I'll fix it immediately. But Shroppy did it the other day. He turned my mic on and I wasn't ready to come on the air yet. And I was trying to figure out. I, I didn't say anything crazy. I think we were just talking about the music. But Shroppy was like, all right, it's the last time I'll do it. Yeah, yeah I remember because I walked in and he was like, uh, Walker, I'll never cut your mic on again. Yeah, and that's I right. was, that was it. You know, because sometimes, you know, let's just let's just be honest. OK, y'all like when you and Western are, it's wild. I mean, y'all are just in here wilding out talking about, you know, just some crazy stuff. And that's I'm, why. Hold, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. Let's be honest is what you said. You're saying y'all are wilding out. <laughs> We're the people. Me and Wes are the ones talking recklessly. I mean, look, here's the thing, you know, like I've got, I've got recordings of what y'all say off the, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Just it's about to be really weird. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the text line. 704-570-9610. We asked what game gets a little cutthroat at the family reunion. Mike B said spades, a bunch of different exclamation points. Yes, yeah, spades, definitely something that gets very cutthroat. Teddy from Concord said phase 10. I've heard some pretty crazy Phase 10 stories. Yeah, people love it. I've never played it. It's not what my family got on. But I've heard Phase 10 is quite fun with the family, group of friends, and it gets pretty crazy. I've never heard of Phase 10. I've never even heard of, was it Scrategories, what you called it? Scategories. Scategories. So you roll a dice full of letters, and then whatever it lands on, you have to give a list where there are certain categories starting with that letter, right? So if it's 
foods, you got to come up with lettuce. If it's animals, lemur, right? And you have this whole list that you come down, and then that's how you win. Oh, okay. So that actually sounds like it could be fun. It is. But the problem is people get carried away, and they try to do the thing where elephants can jump, and they can't. Uh, Reverend Herbaceous talked about Yahtzee. Oh. Yahtzee, I would play it. It's fun sometimes, but I need a little bit more skill level in my game. Just a little bit. Because Uno, Uno's still largely luck-based, but also there's some skill involved to what you want to dish out. Yahtzee, it's it's just the luck of the dice. That's all it is. That that was probably that, Uno, and I even just uh, told Big Cat Dan about one that I played growing up with Domino. Did you ever play Chicken Foot? Domino's, no, I've never played Chicken Foot. That sounds like a historic Lancaster game. It sounds like maybe I would have played that in Catawba County, but I have not. Yeah, no, it's it, it's got a different name because you use um because like your your little your team is like a train or whatever. And I think they I think they use a train in the actual name for it. But now that's one where like now that's a game where you could literally play for hours. Like I played it one time with all of our cousins, mm-hmm. and we played a four and a half hour game because you get to a point where you get stuck. And you're just building this line where you have to have two of like every, I think it's two of every domino. Mm-hmm. And at some point, you you know, something happens. So, um, but I, 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 I love Yahtzee. Yahtzee is not one I ever got on, but dominoes, that is a big time family game. We've played that quite a bit. Love dominoes and get pretty hectic there as well. Carolina Brinks said face 10 and Monopoly. Got a couple Monopoly mentions in here. 704 Draco said Jenga and Scrabble. They get pretty intense. Yeah, Scrabble, that's one where you're going to the dictionary, you're looking at it, hey, is that a real word? And then it ends up being a word, but it's like friends galiba when Rachel thinks Emma said her first word. In reality, all she was doing was just blubbering nonsense. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you try to put a galiba on the Scrabble board and try to pass it off as, oh, yeah, I knew what that word meant. She said galiba. She's going to be a scientist. 704-570-9610. You can come up. Oh, Clue is oh. fun. Simon. Oh, yeah. We both like that. <sighs> Simon Says comes in with Clue. Clue with my family has almost come to blows sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Clue gets pretty dicey, especially when you're asking why someone is asking questions. People have gotten really mad at trying to expose a strategy for someone. This is a great, great inclusion from Simon Says. Why? Yeah, no, that, that was one growing up. We would always... Like, we had, like, family game night on Saturdays. We'd always do, like, during the summertime or whatever. And so that's when we would bring out, like, the video games or the board games or stuff like that. Clue was always one where, yeah, I'm not going to lie, I'd leave pretty mad. <laughs> I bet you would. <laughs> I, I bet you leave every single game mad that you lose. I do. You Are you the one that is most likely to flip the board? If you lose on a board game, I've, I've never, I've never done that. No. Um, because you know, I like to respect the game, <laughs> but, uh, now yesterday with the, with the, Uno cards, there were some accusing people of, of shuffling the deck a certain way when I was getting dealt one hand and my part and the opponent had different hands, mm-hmm. you know, that thing happened. Okay. And it's also the most I've ever cussed in front of my mom playing oh. Uno. I bet she didn't like it. Did she, did she curse you out when you cursed? No, she just. You're playing a game. Stop it. And, you know, <laughs> so. Uh, Risk. Uh, that seems like an older game. Have I've you ever played Catan? Settlers of uh, Settlers of Catan, right? Or is it Catan or Catan? Yeah. Big time. Um, I didn't play it, but my friends were big fr- uh, big uh, fans of that game in college, believe it or not. I, I, I'm going to see if I have the photo of the first time I ever played. Mm-hmm. 
I won, and I had like three quarters of the board covered with my people. Well, and I mean, any time that you would ask for a resource and anybody would ask for wood, I couldn't help but make jokes. And so I was totally immature playing Settlers of Catan. Another person wrote Spades in on the text line. Spades is going to be the one that catches a lot of heat. Um, oh, Cranium, too. KW Hancock. Yes, I played Cranium one time. That was a lot of fun. All right. We've uh, basically wasted this segment talking about board games. Maybe we wasted it or we fulfilled your time talking about some board games. Let's go back to some Charlotte Hornets conversation. And finally, we can go on a visit to the mound. Fiddy has cooked something up for us about, yes, Shohei Otani, but also all-star selections are in. Maybe we can discuss that a little bit and everything else going on in the MLB at Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.